You're listening to the Acadiana's Morning News Podcast, brought to you by LABI and always on kpal965.com. Taking a look at news around the state, Governor John Bell Edwards vetoed a tort reform bill that was widely supported by legislators. And they were hoping to lower car insurance premiums in the state. A Friday statement on the governor's veto of SB 418 said in part, it is neither a compromise nor a mandate to decrease auto insurance rates in Louisiana. Republicans in the House have the votes to override the governor's veto, but in recent weeks, the GOP leadership has been cautious to say if they would use that power for this particular bill. Now, Louisiana leads the nation in car insurance premiums. Some estimates put the average cost of automobile insurance in the state 55% higher than the rest of the nation. Also signed into law by the governor, a bill that would make way for Louisiana to adopt daylight savings time as its standard time. The bill had bipartisan support in the legislature, with many arguments centered on the longer days of sunlight and the effect on everyone personally and in business. The change will not go into effect until a federal law can be changed by Congress. Currently, Arizona and Hawaii are the only two states that don't spring forward or fall back. They opt to keep standard time year-round. Four children and two adults are dead following a murder-suicide at the Parkview Apartments in Monroe. Interim Police Chief Reggie Brown identified the shooter as 30-year-old Brittany Tucker. Tucker's four children were killed ages ranging from 6 months old to 12 years old. Brown says it appears Tucker has struggled with mental illness for several years. That is what we've been able to understand has led to her actions. Brown says the second adult victim, 20-year-old Antisha Logwood, was shot in the parking lot outside of Tucker's apartment before Tucker took the lives of her four children and then her own. A long-standing Mardi Gras tradition is being canceled in 2021 due to COVID-19. Senior Lieutenant with the Mystic Crew of Louisianians, Tyron Picard, says the Washington, D.C. Mardi Gras will not be taking place next January. The event has only been canceled three other times in its 76-year history. Here for you in times of uncertainty. Tracking coronavirus, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick on this Town Square Media Station. Team, you can rely on even on the darkest days. I'm Bernadette Lee with your news and information update. We're working for you on air, behind the scenes every single day. We're following a potential hazmat situation on I-10 this morning. As you get out and hit the road, Bernie's got the information you need to know. Your radio home for news and information for more than 60 years. You know, it's everything I need in the morning. News Talk 96.5, KPL. Judging merely my credentials, a lot of people would say that Elizabeth Bartholet is at the pinnacle. She's a law professor at Harvard. She's a faculty director of Harvard's Child Advocacy Program. Professor Bartholet decided to weigh in on the coronavirus in an article for Harvard Magazine. She is worried about children being homeschooled by their parents and forced to be in lockdown with their parents all day, every day. Professor Bartholet says the question is whether parents should have all of that access, all of that authoritarian control over their children. The professor says that in her view, that kind of control is dangerous. It's dangerous to put powerful people in charge of the powerless. It's dangerous to give those powerful people to parents 
total authority over the powerless people. They're crumb crunchers. So you parents out there, you're much too dangerous for your own children to be left with you during this crisis because your dictator-like attitudes, you get too much power, too much unchallenged authority over your poor, powerless kids makes you dangerous, more dangerous than the coronavirus or any other virus. This anti-parent drivel was not written for The Onion or some satirical publication. It's in Harvard Magazine. So what's more dangerous for America, the coronavirus with parents staying at home with their kids or an esteemed, credentialed Harvard professor and child dad. But this is incredible. CBD getting a lot of attention these days. Level Select CBD is a brand to watch from Cadenwood, the trusted leader in CBD. Their sports creams and roll-ons are great for pro athletes, amateurs, anybody trying to keep active. No matter what activity you engage in, you could use the relief Level Select CBD provides. Retired athletes like Steve Garvey and Carson Palmer use it every day. And now... PGA Tour champion Ricky Fowler has made Level Select CBD his brand of choice, too. They use it because it works, folks. Independently tested, 0% THC made in the USA. Go to LevelSelectCBD.com, use the promo code CBD25 for 25% off any of their full line of CBD products. That's LevelSelectCBD.com, promo code CBD25, or dial pound 250 on your cell phone, say Level Select, and this offer will be sent right to your phone. You will have the option to receive a one-time auto-dial text message from Level Select. The Rush Morning Update is brought to you by Luxury Limo of Lafayette. Book your next traveling party at LuxuryLimoOfLafayette.net. We're working for you around the clock to keep you informed. We are KDMS home for news and talk. KPEL-FM Brokerage, Lafayette. there be a murder charge i'm dave anthony fox news that's what rayshard brooks's widow is demanding in atlanta days after her husband was shot resisting this arrest on friday nights i think you've had too much to drink to be dry so put your hands on your back for me that's body put cam footage Then Brooks grabbed the officer's taser and was shot in the back as he ran away. That cop was fired. Then the police chief resigned. District Attorney Paul Howard says he expects to make a decision by the middle of the week on whether to press charges against the officer who fired the fatal shots. He says his office is still in the process of gathering evidence. Fox's Jonathan Sari in Atlanta near where it happened in the parking lot of a Wendy's that was burned down during angry protests. That shooting is only adding to the calls for police former after George Floyd's death in Minneapolis. Congress is working on legislation, and Republican Senator Tim Scott tells CBS Face the Nation, fewer than half of all police departments are providing key information to the federal government. We need 100% as it relates to serious bodily injury and death. When the officer uses force, we need to have all the information. An American accused of being a spy in Russia, convicted and sentenced. Fox's Simon Owen is on the case live. The Dave retired Marine Paul Whelan has been sentenced to 16 years in a Russian prison for espionage. He attempted to read a statement to reporters at the court, saying he's the victim of a political kidnapping and a setup. The U.S. ambassador to Russia, John Sullivan, calling the trial a mockery of justice. He's been sentenced to 16 years in prison with no evidence that's been produced. Russia says Whelan was caught carrying classified information. Dave.
Simon, there's a search at sea off the English coast where U.S. Air Force jets crashed this morning. We don't know if the pilot survived. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently. And other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Amid all the debate over police reform, an officer who came under attack in Las Vegas is in bad shape. An officer who was shot in the head during a Las Vegas protest is paralyzed from the neck down, is on a ventilator and unable to speak. Officer Shea Megalonis was shot on June 1st during protests over the death of George Floyd at the hands of Minneapolis police. The Megalonis family says the 29-year-old is expected to stay on the ventilator and was tentatively accepted at a spine rehabilitation center. A 20-year-old man is charged in the shooting. His appointed public defender says his client will plead not guilty. Salji and Grasso, Fox News. Another sport is back. Daniel Berger won the first golf tournament in Texas in a playoff, though no fans were allowed at the Colonial. Fans were there for the first time since NASCAR's restart in Miami. Denny Hamlin, 40th career win at Homestead Miami Speedway. Well, because the race on Fox was delayed four times by rain, most fans were gone by the time that Hamlin won. But there is still no baseball. And players are demanding a plan by today. Major League Baseball players and owners have been negotiating for weeks on how to structure a 2020 season financially, among other matters like health concerns. After the players rejected the owner's latest proposal Saturday, the players union said, quote, further dialogue with the league would be futile. It's time to get back to work. Tell us when and where. MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred has the power to order the players to work to play a season length of his choice, reportedly around 50 games. But such an order could get met with a grievance filed by the players union to be heard by an arbitrator on march 26th players agreed to full prorated portions of their salaries for an abbreviated season but owners have not offered any deal with full pro rata jared max fox news on wall street a sell-off is looming on corona and economy worries Dow futures are down more than 500 points as markets also fall overseas i'm dave anthony and this is fox news your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick, and you're listening to Acadiana's Morning News. Two men were shot yesterday in New Iberia, and now investigators are asking for your help. It happened yesterday in the 500 block of Johnston Street in New Iberia. I want to repeat, Johnston Street, but in New Iberia. One of the victims has died. The other remains in the hospital this morning. If you have any information about what happened, or maybe you saw something out of the ordinary, call Liberia Crime Stoppers at 364-TIPS. Still a lot of unanswered questions about a weekend shooting in downtown Lafayette. Five people were injured, four others sent to a local hospital after the incident. A statement from Lafayette Police says the shooting happened around 2 a.m. on Sunday morning. 
in the 400 block of Jefferson Street. Now, three people were wounded in the upper torso, two additional people, wounds in their lower torso. One person who was injured and assessed refused additional medical attention. No arrests have been made, and the shooting remains under investigation. Police at this point looking at nearby surveillance video. The lights are back on in Opelousas this morning after a four-hour citywide shutdown overnight. Clico made the announcement yesterday that work needed to be performed on a major transmission line. Power was off citywide between midnight and 4 a.m. this morning. The decision was made to do the work overnight to limit the inconvenience on customers. In other news this morning, a Russian court is sentencing an American to 16 years in prison for espionage. The verdict and sentence came down today in a Moscow court. Paul Whelan has been in custody there since 2018 when he was arrested at his hotel. Prosecutors said the former U.S. Marine had been giving a USB drive with classified information on it. Whelan maintained throughout the trial that he was framed. It's not the takeover of several city blocks and establishment of an autonomous zone like Seattle, but activists protesting police brutality and racism have set up camp outside the Bridgeport, Connecticut Police Department. Several tents were set up last night and demonstrators plan to remain there until the city meets their demands. Those demands include defunding the police department, firing police chief A.J. Perez and all officers who have used excessive force. One of the protesters is the sister of Jason Negron, who was shot by city police in 2017. With rumors circulating that demonstrators in Nashville plan to create their own autonomous zone, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee issued a statement warning lawlessness, autonomous zones and violence will not be tolerated in Tennessee. Police reform activists were still seen near the state capitol building as late as last week. In Seattle, demonstrators continue holding a six-block area after police withdrew last week. At least seven Minneapolis police officers are quitting their jobs in the wake of the civil unrest over George Floyd's death. The Minneapolis Star Tribune reports that morale is so low, officers feel misunderstood at this time. They say they're being squeezed by all sides. A number of officers were injured during some of the protests that came after Floyd died while in police custody on Memorial Day. City spokesman Casper Hill says another seven officers are in the process of leaving. Others were talked out of resigning. The number of illegal immigrants sent out of the country is on the rise. U.S. immigration officials say in May over 20,000 illegal immigrants were expelled. On Friday, a Customs and Border Patrol statement said 23,000 illegal entries happened in May. 20,000 of whom were removed from the country. The rapid expulsion is part of coronavirus emergency conditions directed by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The report says that since the CDC order was established in late March, there have been almost 43,000 illegal immigrant expulsions. The investigation continues into Thursday night's murder-suicide that resulted in the deaths of four children and two adults at the Parkview Apartments in Monroe. Interim Police Chief Reggie Brown says 30-year-old Brittany Tucker killed a neighbor. Her four kids, ranging from 5 months old to 12 years old, then shot herself. Brown says Tucker battled mental illness. I'm being denied my due process as a landlord. My Fifth Amendment right to life, liberty, property, due process without just compensation from the government. We'll get the correct soundbite for you here momentarily. Now, Brown says Tucker was diagnosed with mental illness within the past couple of years and was receiving treatment. But the chief says neighbors told detectives that prior to Thursday shooting, that Tucker was seen walking, showing irrational behavior, and even waving a gun in her hand. Brown says they believe Tucker purchased the handgun at a local gun store, adding the investigation is ongoing. 
as to how and why Tucker was allowed to obtain the firearm given her mental illness. Authorities are asking the public uh, if to call the local police department or 911 if you ever see someone with a history of mental illness acting irrationally. It's 710 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. Mostly sunny skies across Acadiana starting to get into the dog days of summer now. Temperatures going to be sitting in the lower 90s. A 10% chance for an isolated shower popping up a little later on this afternoon. Most of us going to be staying dry, though. Lows get down into the low to mid-70s across Acadiana. And then we're going to get ready to do it all over again. In fact, not a whole lot of change in your forecast through the rest of the week. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. And every day will bring that slight chance for an isolated shower. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPAL. Our weather update is brought to you by the Jambalaya Shop. 4150 West Congress across from St. Edmund's Church. Serving up fresh jambalaya, pastalaya, and sides with their convenient drive-through, carry-out, or delivery. Also available in restaurant dining. You can find out more at their website, jambalayashop.com. News Talk 96.5 KPAL. Right now, traffic. And just one thing to report to you right now, the throughway at Johnston Street, again, right there, the throughway at Johnston Street, a vehicle accident reported just about 10 minutes ago. Let us know if that's still there. You can call us at 232-1542. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so Twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight Oh, the ramparts we watched Were so glad Streaming and the rocket rattled, the bombs bursting in and gave the roof through the night.
Get the best sleep of your life. Helix makes personalized mattresses to fit your unique body type and sleep preferences. Go to helixsleep.com and get up to $200 off mattress orders. Welcome back to Acadiana's Morning News. It is 7-17, and we're joined by Ben Broussard from Catholic Charities. Good morning to you, sir. It's been a while. I'm happy to talk to you. Good morning. It's always great to hear y'all's voices on a Monday morning. I feel like this is going to be a really regular week. I hope I'm right. You know what, Hmm. Ben? It's crazy because that's the bar that we are striving for, (laughs) a regular week. And Jackie Russo is here with us as well. She is shaking her head. Saying Ben, where has not been a regular week since last November. Stop drinking. Exactly. <laughs> give me, give me regular or give me death. Okay? <laughs> you make it both, Ben. Do it. That's right. Good. And look, Ben, I'm an eternal optimist, but I am worried that we're going to see a COVID strike up. You know that we're going to see some sort of bump up after everybody getting loosey goosey with the rules. Yeah. Um, I'm concerned. I agree. Um, I think that. And look, you get online, you're going to get opinions on all ends of the spectrum. Um, we've got to be careful. Um, I know like our organization, we have had to take this super, super seriously from the very beginning, just knowing that the people that we serve are a part of that super vulnerable class. Um, and so we're like, as an organization, we're going to continue to be treating this uh, with, with a high level of seriousness, but I, I agree. Like I, I, all the studies are showing it's going to bump again. So when's that going to happen? I'm not sure. So tell me about the effect that this has had on uh, charities and nonprofit profits like your own, because you know so much of the operating budget comes from donations from the public. Of course, you yeah. you know you put kind of a wrench in that system when you start having the economic issues on the side with businesses closing down. I know there are a lot of corporate partners um, that you guys have in, in your many departments and many ways that you serve the community. So where are we with that? And because I'm sure it sure it kind of makes you even that much more worried about what's going on or what could happen. Absolutely. Um, so, OK, donations, both monetary donations, but also in-kind donations. So you think about something like St. Joseph Diner, which Outside of the time of COVID, we served three meals a day to people who are both experiencing hunger and homelessness, but also food banks, Second Harvest Food Bank, FoodNet, the, the little food banks that are scattered throughout the area. Though That's where in-kind donations, food drives, uh, hygiene drives, those kind of things, those are a, a super big deal because what we get in, we don't have to purchase. Um, and so when you, you find yourself in a time where you're experiencing a, a worldwide pandemic, you can't take in things because you can't necessarily go through and wipe down 20,000 items that are, that are brought in. And so from the very beginning, we had to stop taking those things and we had to start buying the ones that we needed. And so that certainly affected us, but also volunteers. Um, some organizations can still take volunteers, but especially for our programs where we are dealing directly with people who are experiencing homelessness, we've had to stop taking volunteers and use uh, overtime for our for our essential employees instead. And so that it has hurt us. It absolutely has. 
um, that's why I'm, I'm really hoping that this can make a, a huge turn. But until then, um, I, I feel like the safest, most efficient way to, to assist an organization that is directly responding is through a monetary donation. I mean, look, I'm ready for the food drives to come back because God knows we need it. Yeah. And you know, it, it's hard because you served a ton of people who maybe you never even had contact with before. Maybe they didn't need it before. Yeah. And, and yeah. so obviously you're kind of doing two things. You're trying to serve more people because you know the need is out there, but you're trying to do it with less, which is obviously in, you know, pretty perfect, you know, conflict with each other. It's a storm. Um, and then moving forward into the future, I mean, look, as of right now, what the numbers are showing, since March 2020, we have 450 new individuals who have become homeless. Uh, that is a 62% increase in homelessness. In terms of actual families who have become homeless, that's a 193% increase. And the evictions have not even started yet. And so, what we're seeing is that the need is growing and that we're going to need to serve more people, both keeping them in their home, but also returning them to a place of, of stability and safety. And so, yeah, um, we're going to need all the help from the community. Um, if anybody uh, has some time to kill today and they want to call their elected officials and ask for some of that CARES money that the state received to go directly to our area to shore up housing, hey, we would appreciate your phone calls as well. All the letters, faxes, if you've got pigeons, okay, <laughs> carrier letters to Baton Rouge, all of them. We'll take it. All right. Yeah. Ben Broussard, oh, uh, so. tell people, let, let's give that call to action. Where do people go to find yeah, out hey. more, more importantly, to donate and help with this cause? That's right. Hey, thank you. CatholicCharitiesAcadiana.org. It is a long one, but I promise you'll get to the right place. All right. Ben Broussard. By the way, I want to be Ben's neighbor. Um, no joke. I have this. I have this alert set up on his street for any houses that come to be available. It's in an area that I wouldn't mind living in either. But it seems like he has the best neighbors. Cool. I mean, they all they hey. like each other. Hey. They do more than borrow sugar. Shout out to Orangewood Drive. We have the best drive. COVID's been hard, but listen, we we will do a socially distanced block party. We'll get a band to come down uh. any day of the week. And and look, you just figured me out. I'm trying to sell houses on my block. <laughs> well, hey, we'll, we'll get you here, Rob. You have my number. Send anything my way. <laughs> I will. All right, seven twenty-four. Thanks, you too, ben. sir. Appreciate it. You know, you have so many different nonprofits who are doing their best in this time mm -hmm. to you know, really you know, serve the community in yeah. need, and that comes with identifying them because mm -hmm. they may not even know that. Yeah. There's help out there for them. And maybe, you know, if you still have a job and maybe you haven't helped before, maybe explore it and yep. find out if this might be something you want to do because there are a lot of people that it, their incomes have drastically changed. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. All right. Jackie Russo is here with us. We're going to take a quick break. Um, not to give it too much away, but a little bit earlier, Bernie and I talked about something I'm interested to pick your brain about. And it was a conversation that happened on CBS Face the Nation yesterday. And the question is, is the U.S. presidency or has it become an impossible job? Is it is it too much? Does it come down to the people around the president? We're going to ask. I'm going to play this little clip that compares the job of the presidency to an airbag. And it's not the way you think. <laughs> 725 now at Newstock 96.5 KPL. Louisiana Association of Broadcasters prestige award winner because of you. 
Thanks for listening to News Talk 96.5, Cape Hill. Now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL, and we're joined by Jackie Russo, as we are on Mondays. Thanks for waking up with us. It's good to see you. It's always good to see you, too, Rob. Hey, it was a big weekend downtown. A bunch of big things opened up right around the corner from you. We saw you on Friday, by the way, at Handy Stop, so thanks for coming there. Sure. I mean, it started Friday morning with Handy Stop kicking off their grand opening. It's amazing to have a grocery store in the middle of downtown. Fresh fruits, vegetables, flowers, dairy. I mean, really, everything you need to run a house. It's awesome. It's all there. All right, so take a listen to this clip. It's about a minute or so, and it's a conversation from CBS Face the Nation about how the U.S. presidency, in one professor's opinion, is the hardest job in the world and possibly impossible. Great to be back, Margaret. Great to see you. So you say the American presidency is in trouble. It's overburdened, misunderstood, and an almost impossible job to do. And you started writing this before the pandemic, before the economic crisis, and before the current racial strife that we are in. I mean, we seem to be on the be beyond the cliche of this is a stress test on our democracy. How are you thinking of where we are? Well, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, the book was finished before those three challenges, but they highlight a central point of the book, which is I went back and tried to look at the blueprint of the office. What is what is it really at its most basic level? And what it is, is a job where big, high stakes things happen that are surprises to the president and where everybody, the president on down, needs to have created a system for dealing with those kinds of emergencies so they can be ready when the crisis hits. Because when the crisis hits, it's too late to kind of get ready on the fly. Gautam Makunda is a professor at Harvard, and he says the presidency is like an airbag. You may not think about it all the time, but when there's an emergency, you want it to work. So I thought that was interesting, and I watched that because, you know, all presidents are criticized at one point and the other. Some are more popular more times than, than not, but it's always a roller coaster during a presidency. And especially as society in 2020, we've become very fickle. You look at the just the numbers on Wall Street, one person saying the wrong thing attached to the president. You know, you have problems at the end of last week and looking at some of the futures over the weekend. People are worried it in some part that Biden could win. You know, and and if you're if if all you care about is not the politics, you just care about the market. We've seen sort of what has happened. So is it an impossible job? I don't think it is. I think that we're going to see that a job evolve rapidly Um, from Obama through Trump through whatever's next. We're going to see some massive evolution. And it's not so much that the role of the president is evolving. It's that the people are evolving. So if you think back in our lifetimes, pre-internet, pre-social media, there wasn't as much mingling outside of your core group, right? Mm -hmm. So you lived in your neighborhood, which was mostly people that kind of look and sound and talk like you. Um, you went to work. Similar income. Right. As I was saying, same neighborhood. Socioeconomic. We didn't have socioeconomic mixture. If you wanted to research information or know more about the world outside of your bubble, you had to go to a library and look it up in a card catalog or read about it in an encyclopedia or a history textbook. So we really were in our bubbles, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our in places of employment. And at the time, the rule was you never talk about 
religion, you never talk about money, and you never talk about sex. Mm -hmm. And so now, all of a sudden, those bubbles don't exist. We mingle um, socially more so than ever before. We mix and mingle online. We have access to more information we've ever had. So we've taken the division that always existed and put it on a megaphone. So people know more about someone else's innermost thoughts, lives, access, um, money, material things. Well, it seems like those three things you just talked about, you right. know, religion, politics, and sex. I mean, that's where your viral posts almost always fit into one of them. Absolutely. So the things that used to be private and only within your own bedroom, your own home, or your own bubble now are available for the world to see. Uh, it used to be you only had to know someone very intimately to be invited into their house. Now their crib is on MTV. Mm-hmm. So we know more. And I think that's where you see a lot of this divide because all of a sudden we are mixing and mingling beyond people who are just like us. Yeah. On the the topic of having to be prepared for things that when they happen, they're often surprises. I mean, can you? It It just sort of seems like, and maybe this is just me being naive, but it seems as if, you know, if I'm the president and I have all these different members of the, the you know, in my cabinet, they need to be as far away from me as possible working on their little thing. But what we see is that, you know, day to day, Trump says something, then you have multiple members of the cabinet speaking on that, you know, where sometimes just surprise me and say, that's really not my area of expertise. When's the last time you ever heard a politician say, you know, that's not really my forte. You need to call someone else. They don't do that. They talk about whatever someone asks them a question about. Well, with hundreds of 24 seven news cycles all at play at the same time, um, there needs to be a lot to fill that. And politicians, I think, realize that they have to be front and center to stay politicians. So you want to solve that problem? Put term limits in place because then they're not always campaigning for reelection. Because, you know, the argument has been made, and I think it's a valid argument, that the reelection campaign starts on day one after you're elected the first time. Absolutely. That's you know, a big thing. Um, Especially for the two-year guys and girls. Oh, yeah, because it's quick. I mean. That comes up quick. Literally. You just get to celebrate one quiz, one Christmas on the <laughs> National Mall, and you got to be planning your next uh, your next election. I think right. my lisping sometimes has now rubbed off is on it you. It's some, just that it's chair. something with the chair. Yeah, that's a lispy it chair. It, it sounds wassily. Yeah. Um, I did think it's interesting because I do think it's impossible, which is why I almost feel like you have to just accept that half the people aren't going to like you. Just right. do your job. Well, and it all comes back to, you know? are we who we say we are? And if we are the resilient people built on American values who love this country, and when it comes down to it, we may fight like family, but if somebody comes at us, we're going to band together well, we like family. we saw that after 9-11. Exactly. So I'd rather not have us go into another war to prove it. Instead, we have to wait for the pendulum to swing back to the middle. And it will. It always does. You were talking a few minutes ago about just like sources of information. Do you feel that the pendulum could swing so far where everyone's trying to be an expert on everything that people do go back to saying, eh, you know what, Jackie, I don't trust what you have to say about this. I'm going to go back to an encyclopedia. Does that ever happen? Well, I think we are in that place right now through the pandemic where people are searching for true verified expertise. Mm -hmm. And the challenge is that we can't really tell who they are because, you know, you think it might be the who, but look at how much they've. That's what I was going to say. It's like you think they should be the expert, right. and then they flip-flop on the um, 
What? what oh, asymptomatic, asymptomatic spread. Right. Like within 12 hours. Right. Well, actually, that's not what we should have said. Right. Well, maybe someone needs to look over your notes before <laughs> you say something. I mean, or the CDC. Why hasn't... I mean, that's the part I think in this whole thing that has been surprising to me. Because we have all been told, and even during the Ebola crisis, where were they brought? The Ebola, you know, Americans infected with Ebola, they were brought to Atlanta. Why? Because that's where the CDC is, right there by the Emory University campus. They haven't been in the mix for this. It's all been the National Institutes of Health. Well, but CDC did do a little mask, yes, no, yes, no reversal early on in Mm -hmm. March. Mm -hmm. And so I think what happens is we're back to 24-hour news cycle. They're being pushed for a comment faster than they're ready to. Experts usually take a long time to craft an opinion. And think about what used to happen when we used to rely on our court of law to evaluate evidence and render a judgment. Now everybody with a camera phone is a juror mm-hmm. and judgment is rendered as soon as we see the video in its edited form. Yeah. So we have to go back to allowing experts to be experts, but that doesn't mean there's an instantaneous answer. Well, and I was going to say, it's one of the things too is there's the follow-up question that's never asked. So, you know, you had the mask thing. And, you know, early on when the CDC was saying, no, you don't need a mask. Well, then that's when the question, now I care, why did you say that? Because there are people who say, well, they said you didn't need masks because there weren't enough of them. Or they said you don't need a mask because hospitals couldn't get them. And so they didn't want there to be a run on masks. Well, to me, let me decide. You know, if you if you don't have enough, then don't tell me we don't need them. Why not come out and say, you know what? You probably need them, but we don't have enough right now. Right. Because that would be a huge blunder. It would show that you're unprepared. And going back to people wanting to protect themselves. Right. Mm. Well, and here's the thing. It also comes down to how we communicate, right? We're in communications. We understand this. We have become a, a community that needs quick, bite-sized, easy-to-remember visuals, no question. So when someone says, it is recommended that you wear a mask, well, it is recommended that you not touch that cookie. Well, I'm still going to eat the cookie. <laughs> so we have to be clearer than that. Interesting. Point. Mask it or casket? Mask it or casket. But there's other people who are just like, I ain't going to wear that mask. No, no, no. But the experts, if the if, if the rule yes, is you. you really have to wear a mask because these are the reasons why it's scientific, it's clear. Okay. So now the scientific community is on board with each other that this is how it has to be. Then we have to communicate that not in the full paper, that explains all the science, you have to take that out and create the meme and the soundbite and the visual. That's just quick. Click it or ticket. That's going to make it very clear. You know what's something that I uh, saw even more recently in the, like over the past weekend, and that was people commenting about the mask situation saying, you don't have a right to complain the economy is not opening up if you won't wear a mask. Because, you know, as you kind of mentioned before, are we seeing signs of an uptick? Is it going to be an actual second wave? Some would say, I was reading something, I believe it was NPR over the weekend. They said, well, wait, the first, don't talk about a second wave. We're still, in the, we're first. still in the first one. You yeah, know, I it didn't that. completely go away. And, right. um, and I think that's something that we'll have to sort of see what happens. But so that's what it comes down to is when, when somebody doesn't want to stand on solid shaky ground right it's like oh if it's on the solid ground i know exactly what to say but this ground's a little shaky so i don't want to go too far out there Mm -hmm. and put my neck on the line well then upset my donors right so but yeah if it's like the only way businesses can open is if everybody's wearing a mask that's it but you're gonna have to provide some scientific data for the people who don't believe it you can't just do it i hear you jackie russo is here
We're going to talk about some branding what? topics, some marketing, the sure. blog, all that and more. Coming all the up good stuff. On Acadiana's Morning News, it's 739 now. A quick check of your forecast and traffic all coming up. You're listening to Acadiana's Morning News. This is Acadiana's home for breaking news and weather. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Depend on it. Forecast is looking pretty status quo across Acadiana here for this week. It's starting to get into the middle of summertime now. Dog days of summer are right around the corner, and forecast is starting to act accordingly. It's starting to slow down just a little bit. We'll see those highs sitting in the lower 90s basically through the remainder of the week. We're up to about 92 degrees today. Heat index is going to be running just a little bit warmer than that. It'll be hot and humid, a 10% chance for a quick passing shower later this afternoon. Nothing that's going to be lasting too long, though. Your overnight lows get down in the low to mid-70s. Does stay warm and sticky overnight tonight, and then basically going to do it over again here for the next couple of days. Winds today going to be from the east-northeast at about 5 miles an hour. Eventually, we'll see southerly winds by the end of the work week. Temperatures, for the most part, going to be sitting in the low 90s here for the next several days. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. I got my big boy pants on today, Bernie. I know you, you do. I know how to do traffic. I do have to work, though, or y'all won't pay me. The Evangeline. I think it's the southwest of Evangeline. Johnson Street. Oh, yes. it's Evangeline and Johnson Street. They're still working. Yeah. They yeah. got police on the scene there. So make sure you buckle it up and keep it safe out there. And we'll continue to keep updating you. Uh-oh, Our where's traffic. your headphones? What's happening? Do you not hear me? That bed is so loud. Okay, love it. Thank you. Hey, do you have questions about youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit organization, develops better athletes and better people through youth and high school sports. Find more information at positivecoach.org. You're listening to American Ground Radio's Morning Minute. Over the weekend, New Orleans Mayor Latoya Cantrell decided she would let the Big Easy finally join the rest of the state by moving into phase two of reopening for business. Well, the longer the mayor put the be back sign in the window of New Orleans, there were only going to be fewer and fewer visitors to Louisiana, costing the state billions of dollars for possibly years to come. The new $1 billion airport in Kenner has only been operating at 3% of its scheduled flights during the pandemic. You know, New Orleans tourism contributes nearly 50% of all tax revenue statewide. And even though New Orleans is now in phase two, they're still not allowed to have big conventions. And that's bad for the whole state. American Ground Radio, where building a better America begins with building a better us. Return each Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. with Louis R. Abalone and Stephen Park on News Talk 96.5 KPL and streaming live at KPL96.5.com. Back to Acadiana's Morning News and Brand Buzz with Jackie Russo. Hello there. Hello there. Buzz Welcome Buzz. In. What are we talking about today in the blog? Today we're talking about the five R's of branding. Um, you know, I'm on this kick lately of everybody needing a cheat sheet, a checklist, mm-hmm. an easy, handy-dandy guide, because it's just so much. And as businesses try to put the pieces back together post-COVID, it's harder to figure out where your business is coming from and how you're going to grow in these times. And so each week 
uh, for the past three weeks, and we've got two more weeks coming. We've put together a handy-dandy checklist, whether it's for websites or for social media or for branding or for culture or for sales, to say, okay, listen, don't overthink it. One sheet of paper, print it out, put it on your desk, and go through and do these things. And you can not just survive, but thrive. You can do it. You can do it. I I love a recipe for success. Absolutely. Um, It just works. Right. You know, I mean, it just... When you have something that you kind of do into a rhythm every day, I mean, I have everything but Bernie's blonde hair. And today, <laughs> I literally had to come in here. I and can like, fix that <laughs> with some peroxide. I know, me too. Mate, I just like kind of had to have a list of like what what it takes. Right. You know, even though all these things, and I think that's one of the biggest problems. And uh, we can kind of morph this into a management conversation too, where I think sometimes, you know, your best employees make things look easy. Right. And... It's just because they're not the reason that they are the best employees is because they're not going to waste your time complaining about hard it, how hard it is to do something. Right. They're going to just do it and make it look easy and make it look easy. And then you have a situation where that person leaves for like some how reason. Bernie abandoned you to go to the afternoon show. Well, oh, see, good now, rumor. I think she um, was doing that on Friday. And today she is realizing now that she's back in front of me. Uh huh. I don't think she's going to give it up that easy. Oh, I think she's fleeing to the afternoon. Hmm. She has realized. Is that what this is? Because my pants are on fire. This is a kiss like off, it. man. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've been fighting. This um, is hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> we've been fighting over who gets who, but um, yeah, this is yeah. her long look goodbye. Yes, <laughs> the long kiss goodnight. And I love being the child between you two. Okay, well, we we made a decision, Jackie. Okay, mm-hmm. Jackie. Yeah, you're gonna live with Daddy. Oh. But I'm going to miss mommy so much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can I come visit? No, mommy gets Stafford. From time to time. <laughs> Man. I love you, Stafford. <laughs> I do. I'm going to get winging it Wednesday. Okay. And Rob is going to, Rob's going to be dad and he'll be dad full time now. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. All right. I can do that. But I have a swimming pool so you can come over and swim in the water. Good. So I can come Friday from visit. two to four. Okay. Yeah. I like it. it. Be there like also a day. Is a, you know, the phone works. Phone works yes, well in the right. studio. So if you ever have something you right. want to chime could, in on. Yeah, you could call in or something. Right. Sure um, you What's that number? 234-F-I-S-H? Oh, no, that's Tsunami. What's your number? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, lunch. 234-BURN. <laughs> that's um, what we need to do. That is what right? we need. It's 232-1542. Put it in your yeah. phone. Yeah, okay. 232-1542. I don't know if we ever figured out what 1542 could be, but it's probably not something I'd good. like it to spell KPL, please. <laughs> that would seem to be kind of you obvious. Know, you know, you know, I think it was already um, taken. I think that was the problem. Probably. Well, I mean, there were so many different. We kind of done news. We, sure. We've done all these different things, but you know. Y'all. Y'all. Y'all would have been a good one. 232-Y'all. Oh, oh that's fun. that. Anyways. Talk. Um, mm. So what are you kind of seeing? Success stories? Failures? What are people doing right now? You know, I we, see there are a lot of places that closed down, especially restaurants who really couldn't support a drive-through mm, takeout yeah. um, business who are now back open. Um, are you hearing things about these businesses? How are they working out? Well, I'm, I'm hearing that we're not done seeing the closures, unfortunately. Um, and so some just aren't going to ever be able to open again. Some are trying to reopen, but they're having a hard go of it because a lot of times shopping is a habit. And so if patronizing your business was a habit and I couldn't participate in that habit for three days, well, the habit's been broken. Three months. I mean, for three months, right? (laughs) Thank you. It was much longer than three days. Um, Then the habit's been broken. And so we have to build new habits. Um, Business owners have to build new habits and retrain people to come back to them. 
Uh, now, if you've been out and about on the weekends in Lafayette, you know it looks like Christmas out there. I mean, traffic is up and people are shopping and spending money and they're doing their best to bring the economy back around, which is great. Mm-hmm. But your particular business might not be benefiting from it. The uh, 20 or so interviews we've done so far on the pandemic pivots, and we're still lining up new ones. I mean, it's been a great exercise in listening to people talk about how they've survived and what they've done. The one common thread I hear so far, actually, there's about three common threads. One is faith. Every one of these business owners has talked about their faith, their faith in themselves, their faith in God, their faith in the community, um, and their faith that it's going to get better. Another thing is hard work. They've all realized no matter how big they built it and how successful it was Mm -hmm. on March 14th, they started all over again and they had to start back at zero. And it was as if they're opening their doors for the first time. And then once phase one came, they were opening their doors for the first time again. Yeah. I I feel like there are some business owners that, you know, people often have the misconception when they don't do it. Oh, gosh, you own your own business. You're basically just a king. You know, the money rolls in. It is just like you that. You sit on your throne. All you the have free these employees time. to listen to you. <laughs> you know, and then you talk to someone um, like our, our good friend, Michelle Zell at Tsunami, who's like, you know what? I, I love what I do, but I don't have a day off. Um, I could go out of town. I mean, I could go to the beach for a week if I wanted to, but two hours of my day, I'm going to be worried, like dealing with the three restaurants. Well, two I hours a day, she gets to be on the beach. I think the other 22 yeah. hours, she's still dealing with stuff. Yeah. I um Because you have to be available. Right. I mean... You, that's just how it works. I started a business thinking I was going to have free time to play tennis. <laughs> I don't even know where my racket is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just how I it mean, goes. I mean, that's the deal. But mm-hmm. you take that on knowingly and willingly, uh, or sometimes unknowingly and unwillingly, <laughs> but you realize quickly that if you want it to run the way you want it to run, you have to be involved to help it happen. Mm-hmm. Do you think that people appreciate a little bit more that if there's a place that you love, you know, we saw it... I, I, even in the last year, so many different ones, Gidry's Reef is one that stands out to me, where when we had got news that it was closing, the phone calls that we got in the post I saw, that it was people's favorite place, not somewhere they like to go. Like, that's my favorite place to get seafood. You almost want to turn the question, though, and say, well, when's the last time you went there? Right. Because it was like Don's downtown. Have to keep the lights on. Everybody started, as soon as they said, we're not going to reopen, everybody was like, but wait, that's where we celebrate birthdays and anniversaries. And I've been coming there since I went there with my grandparents. And like, well, then why haven't you been going in the past few months? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to support the things you want to survive. Yeah. And it won't just survive on nostalgia going once a year on a special occasion. No. You know. No. Um, if you want something to be successful, you have to put your attention on it. The thing we pay attention to is the thing that grows. And that's, I mean, that's the old Indian tale about there are two things within each of us. Um, the wolf and the, I don't know what the good animal is. And so the one that you spend more time and attention feeding is the one that grows. Hmm. And so good it's true. When, when you see um, evil everywhere, evil is all you see. Yep. And when you see goodness everywhere, goodness is all you see. And so you've got to feed the one you want to grow. Jackie Russo, where can people... Find out more, read the blog. You still doing that podcast too? We are. I mean, I'm busy. You're like mm-hmm. us. Just keep on adding new things, new ways. But I, I have lots of things to talk about. First of all, I told somebody the other day, it's weird that now at 50, I feel like I know what I'm doing. Um, but I do. And so now I have all this knowledge and experience and information to share. And I feel like it's the mission is to get out and put the word. And I think you also have the ability to say, here's what didn't work. And right. maybe it was me who did it. Oh, and maybe so it was many my things. idea that flopped. So many things. And when you have that comfort to say that, right. you know, right. I had to have the mistake conversation yesterday with, with the younger of the two kids that mm-hmm. we all make mistakes, even me. 
But the important part is not to be sad about it, is to say you're not going to do it again. You know Learn I mean? from it. It's always going to happen. Jackie Russo, thanks for coming in as always. Thank you. Talk to you again next Monday. 7.53 now at News Talk 96.5. KPL, got to get up into the lower 90s again. But the best oh, news is wow. most of the days this week, there's not a speck of rain in the <gasps> forecast. Nice. Which is really cool. Of course, leading up to the big Father's Day weekend, I'm going to have uh-huh. some out-of-town guests. You better believe they're getting what? Lysol when they come in. <laughs> you cross the state line, you got to stay in the shed. All right, 7.54 now at News Talk 96.5. Cape Help. We're back with more Acadiana's Morning News. After a check, Fox Across America, news at the top of the hour. I'm Brandon Como, and you're locked into Cape Help. Get my take on the day's biggest stories alongside Shannon Wilkerson. Offsides, weekdays at 4 on News Talk 96.5. Cape. Fox News Commentary. When the mob comes for the wrong person. More next. You're more focused than ever on keeping your employees and customers safe. Cintas has the products and services you need to feel prepared. Our Cintas technicians can apply our disinfectant and sanitizer spray throughout your facility. Our ultra-clean service for restrooms uses a sanitizer effective against certain germs, bacteria, and viruses. And we'll help you stay well-stocked with hand sanitizer, face masks, and essential PPE. Visit Cintas.com and get ready for the workday. Earlier this month, a video went viral on social media. It depicted a middle-aged man apparently bullying or even assaulting a child in a confrontation related to the death of George Floyd. The online mob immediately activated, seeking to find the man and punish him. They identified their culprit, Peter Weinberg of Maryland, except Mr. Weinberg wasn't the guilty party. In initial appeals for help, police made an error and identified the wrong date on which this event occurred. Internet sleuths then used that wrong information to finger the wrong guy, who was then inundated with threats and abuse. Days later, when this was finally all cleared up, the corrections to the record, including from a woman who had posted Weinberg's home address on the internet, attracted a tiny fraction of the attention that the original firestorm had generated. Mob justice is frequently unjust. That's especially true when they select the wrong target. What happens to the falsely accused? Where does Peter Weinberg get his life back? That's your Fox News commentary of the Rush Limbaugh Show in Acadiana. News Talk 96.5 KPEF Brobridge, Lafayette. She wants them behind bars. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. That's what Rayshard Brooks' widow is demanding for the officers involved in her husband's death. Tamika Miller telling CBS News. I want them to go to jail. I want them to deal with the same thing as if it was my husband who killed someone else video shows brooks resisted arrest friday night then grabbed an officer's taser in atlanta and ran and then got shot in the back the medical examiner has indeed ruled this case a homicide fox's jonathan sari in atlanta officer garrett rolf has been terminated he was terminated immediately and fellow officer devin bronson placed on administrative duty the district attorney says he expects to make a decision by midweek on whether to pursue charges against the police an american accused of being a spy in russia was convicted today got 16 years in prison and paul whelan shouted in court i'm innocent of any charge resulting from a political kidnapping he claims he was set up secretary of state mike pompeo just put out a statement calling it an outrage demanding whelan's release a dozen states are lifting more corona restrictions today even as new virus cases and hospitalizations have risen back up in nearly two dozen states fox's evan brown is live in one of them florida yeah, uh, Dave, yeah, for two straight days over the weekend, Florida reported more than 2,000 new daily coronavirus positive test results statewide. 
Now, this surge comes as much of the state has been under at least a phase one reopening for a couple of weeks. Texas health officials are reporting a surge in the number of hospitalizations. Arizona is also seeing a surge and reports their hospitals are at 84 percent capacity which could trigger another pause in elective surgeries. North Carolina reports a record high rolling average of new cases, and that's prompting state officials there to suggest they not reopen further for now. Dave? And Evan, a stock sell-off looms on virus worry. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. A part of Seattle remains off limits to police in a zone set up by protesters. Supporters call it a festival-like atmosphere. Critics call them anti-cop anarchists. Seattle Police Chief Carmen Bess says the group has changed its name, but the concerns remain the same. Six blocks of the city are blocked off. There are a lot of folks there, a lot of differing objectives and agendas. Best on CBS's Face the Nation says finding a leader of the group is difficult. Many of our city officials and others are trying to establish some sort of communication with someone who can um, give us some direction about what the intent is. President Trump has demanded Seattle leaders take back their city. But Mayor Jenny Durkin says she supports the protesters' First Amendment rights, calling them patriots. Rob Dawson, Fox News. President Trump turned 74 on Sunday, and he got a big gift, a record day of online fundraising for his 2020 re-election bid. The Republican National Committee and Trump campaign took in $14 million. On Saturday, the president will hold his first rally since March in Tulsa. Even as Oklahoma deals with a rise in corona cases, the campaign says demand is through the roof. They say online, quote, just passed 800,000 tickets, biggest data haul and rally sign-up of all time by 10 Saturday is going to be amazing. However, the campaign is telling supporters that they'll have to sign a waiver to make sure that even though that they're going to an event like this, they realize it's possible that they could be exposed to coronavirus. Fox's Mark Meredith. That rally was initially set for Friday, but it was moved up for criticism. It would coincide with what's called Juneteenth. June 19th or Juneteenth is the day black Americans celebrate the ending of slavery. Tulsa was the site of one of the worst massacres of blacks in American history in 1921. That's Fox's Grinnell Scott. The president just tweeted he's done more in less than four years than Joe Biden in more than 40, including for black America. The presumed Democratic nominees accused the president of trying to divide people. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick, and you're listening to Acadiana's Morning News. Two men were shot yesterday in New Iberia, and now investigators are asking for your help. It happened yesterday in the 500 block of Johnston Street in New Iberia. I want to repeat, Johnston Street, but in New Iberia. 
One of the victims has died. The other remains in the hospital this morning. If you have any information about what happened, or maybe you saw something out of the ordinary, call Iberia Crime Stoppers at 364-TIPS. Still a lot of unanswered questions about a weekend shooting in downtown Lafayette. Five people were injured, four others sent to a local hospital after the incident. A statement from Lafayette Police says the shooting happened around 2 a.m. on Sunday morning in the 400 block of Jefferson Street. Now, three people were wounded in the upper torso, two additional people, wounds in their lower torso. One person who was injured and assessed refused additional medical attention. No arrests have been made, and the shooting remains under investigation. Police at this point looking at nearby surveillance video. The lights are back on in Opelousas this morning after a four-hour citywide shutdown overnight. Clico made the announcement yesterday that work needed to be performed on a major transmission line. Power was off citywide between midnight and 4 a.m. this morning. The decision was made to do the work overnight to limit the inconvenience on customers. In other news this morning, a Russian court is sentencing an American to 16 years in prison for espionage. The verdict and sentence came down today in a Moscow court. Paul Wieland has been in custody there since 2018 when he was arrested at his hotel. Prosecutors said the former U.S. Marine had been giving a USB drive with classified information on it. Wieland maintained throughout the trial that he was framed. It's not the takeover of several city blocks and establishment of an autonomous zone like Seattle, but activists protesting police brutality and racism have set up camp outside the Bridgeport, Connecticut Police Department. Several tents were set up last night and demonstrators plan to remain there until the city meets their demands. Those demands include defunding the police department, firing police chief A.J. Perez and all officers who have used excessive force. One of the protesters is the sister of Jason Negron, who was shot by city police in 2017. With rumors circulating that demonstrators in Nashville plan to create their own autonomous zone, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee issued a statement warning lawlessness, autonomous zones and violence will not be tolerated in Tennessee. Police reform activists were still seen near the state capitol building as late as last week. In Seattle, demonstrators continue holding a six-block area after police withdrew last week. At least seven Minneapolis police officers are quitting their jobs in the wake of the civil unrest over George Floyd's death. The Minneapolis Star Tribune reports that morale is so low, officers feel misunderstood at this time. They say they're being squeezed by all sides. A number of officers were injured during some of the protests that came after Floyd died while in police custody on Memorial Day. City spokesman Casper Hill says another seven officers are in the process of leaving. Others were talked out of resigning. The number of illegal immigrants sent out of the country is on the rise. U.S. immigration officials say in May over 20,000 illegal immigrants were expelled. On Friday, a Customs and Border Patrol statement said 23,000 illegal entries happened in May. 20,000 of whom were removed from the country. The rapid expulsion is part of coronavirus emergency conditions directed by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The report says that since the CDC order was established in late March, there have been almost 43,000 illegal immigrant expulsions.
The forecast is looking pretty status quo across Acadiana here for this week. It's starting to get into the middle of summertime now. Dog days of summer are right around the corner, and forecast is starting to act accordingly. It's starting to slow down just a little bit. We'll see those highs sitting in the lower 90s. Basically, through the remainder of the week, we're up to about 92 degrees today. Heat index is going to be running just a little bit warmer than that. It'll be hot and humid, a 10% chance for a quick passing shower later this afternoon. Nothing that's going to be lasting too long, though. Your overnight lows get down in the low to mid-70s. Does stay warm and sticky overnight tonight, and then basically going to do it over again here for the next couple of days. Winds today going to be from the east-northeast at about 5 miles an hour. Eventually, we'll see southerly winds by the end of the work week. Temperatures, for the most part, going to be sitting in the low 90s here for the next several days. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPAL. And our weather update is brought to you by Service Chevrolet Cadillac, where they're committed to helping you any way they can during this COVID-19 response. At this time, Service Chevrolet Cadillac is open, adequately staffed to assist you with all your car needs. You can visit them at servicegm.com to stay up to date with the hours of operation. And a reminder that all departments are enforcing strict cleaning, hand-washing, social distancing policies. But one thing that has not changed is their selection of cars. I tried out the brand new Cadillac XT5. Oh my goodness, it's beautiful. And there's one there for you. Hey, don't forget to look at Rob's Card of the Week and Rob's Rob's Ride of the Week as we'll be bringing you pre-owned vehicles each and every week that are available for you if that's what you're looking for in your next vehicle. Something for you, something for everyone. Price that you want, color you want, the features you want. It's all there and you can find out more at servicegm.com. News Talk 96.5, KPL. right now, traffic. And uh, we're looking at one issue right now on I-10, mile marker 99. That's in the Scott area on the eastbound side. There is a stalled vehicle. Not too much of a backup, but something to be aware of. Other than that, all the roads are clear in Acadiana. Stay